All right. I don't know what uh, what's going on. I need you to get with the program, man. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, you're all good. Let's go ahead and get started. Oh, man. Great week of college football week six. And there was one game in particular, you know, between two heavyweights going back and forth, you know, regardless of their record, regardless of their skills, these two teams showed that they were the best. They hung toe to toe. And one of those teams was able to pull it out in the end. I've, of course, I'm talking about Alabama versus Arkansas here. I'm just kidding. Of course, I'm talking about Washington versus Oregon. Oh, man, what a game. Washington wins 36-33, fourth and three call by Dan Lanning in Oregon that did not go as planned. So Washington got the ball back at midfield with about a minute 40 left. Michael Penix with a great touchdown pass. Yeah, it was a great game. Initial thoughts on that game from you all? It was pretty epic. Uh, honey, honey, and I and Ethan, we watched the first half of that one together. That was, mm-hmm. a, and it was it from the get go. It was it was a thriller. Football. It's going back and forth. I wish Ethan was here to talk about this, but he said to me after that game, he goes, "Man, I haven't seen you really excited about a non-Arkansas football game like like I saw you for Washington versus Oregon." And he's right. Uh, those are two of the best teams in the country. Great offenses, but it was weird. And I don't know. You guys can maybe speak on this too. Great offenses, but the defense was also good somehow. You know what I mean? Like, there, mm-hmm. there were two elite teams that, that were mm-hmm. playing. What did y'all think about Dan Lanning's decision-making to go for it on fourth down, for halftime, and at the end of the game? He had – he. I mean, you have to go. You, ha- you had to. Because if you went for a field goal, it was would have been, like, what, 58 yards, which I mean, you have to put a lot of faith in your in your kicker to be able to do that, and it still wouldn't give you quite what you need to. Could have just punted the ball away and deep had Washington go the the length of the field, but it was a gutsy decision. I liked I liked a lot of the the risk taking that was going on in that game, uh, even if it didn't work out or not. I, I like that kind of stuff. Cade, I think at halftime, I probably would have attempted the field goal, but I think I agree at the end of the game. Like I'm not gonna fault someone for just trying to win a game at the right. end. I think I think at halftime probably should kick it, but I also like I'm not upset about it because I f- I mean that's his identity. That's what he does, and I appreciate that he was true to himself. I think you know some coaches. I mean I think you can choose to do it sometimes, sometimes not. But like if you're I just feel like that fits everything he said there about. And so, like, I'm cool with them sticking with their identity. One more question from this one. These teams are likely, I'm going to say it, I know USC is still undefeated in Pac-12 play, but I think these two teams are likely to make the Pac-12 championship. Neutral field, who you got? I think I'd go Washington again. I don't think Washington team can win twice. I, I agree with you. I, you know, it seems like in these matchups a lot, or these rematches a lot of times, it favors the team that lost the first time. And, I mean, really, it was it was a coin flip who was going to win that game. And Washington was ended up being the victor. But I think if these teams win the, the Pac-12 championship, I think, I think Oregon is going to be the team that wins it. And, honestly, a one-loss Washington team and a one-loss Oregon team, I think you have two teams in the playoff there. Oh, incredible stuff to think about. A team from the Pac-12 that I think was really exposed, USC, lost to Notre Dame. Interesting stat here. Caleb Williams, three interceptions all of last year. He had three interceptions in the first half of that game. USC is an interesting team to me because it was almost like they've been on this, they've been this bubble this entire year. You know, they've been propped up by a really good quarterback 
and a really good offense, but you could see just how like bad that defense is, especially. And so they finally played a team that is not elite, but Notre Dame is a really good football team. They've had a few tough losses against Ohio State and Louisville, and we'll get to Louisville later. Ridiculous stuff going on now in Louisville, Kentucky. But you finally saw how USC could do against a team that is legitimately good, especially a good defense. They're finally exposed. I feel like this happens every year with the Trojans. They just don't have the defense. Why can they not seem to have the defense? Kate, is it just because Lincoln Riley, he just doesn't put in the effort there and he's putting all of his effort into offense? But the, it, it can be – it doesn't have to be an either-or kind of thing, but it seems like it's always an either-or thing with Lincoln Riley. Yeah, everybody is so critical of Alex Grinch, who Lincoln Riley has held on to for so long, and people – are wanting him to get fired rather than getting rid of Lincoln Riley. But honestly, I think a lot of it, I mean, maybe some of it is Alex Grinch, but it's also they've had so much success. They're just losing the big games, and I think it has to do with style. I think when you're such an offensive team that most of the time, I mean, Oregon, Washington, like you talked about, both teams known for their offenses, but they also were able to play to their defenses and that game and actually Dan Lanning not playing to his defense is kind of what cost them some key uh, possessions and points but I think a lot of it is style I mean you think about Saban's dynasty how Georgia plays I mean the only team that I can think of recently I mean LSU that 2019 LSU team who won it all like I mean they were offensive first definitely but so that's what I think it's still the talent at, at, at defense. But, yeah, USC is a weird team. Uh, Lincoln Riley, I'm curious if he's ever going to be able to get it done with his style. He might just have to evolve. Might have to evolve a little bit. I think I think this year is going to expose that for him to have to evolve in, in, in some sort of way, especially because they're moving to the Big Ten. They're going to get slaughtered. Granted, they'll probably be in the Big Ten West. I don't know how they're doing divisions next year, so they get to play – well, they have to play Iowa's defense, and we know how that – we know how that goes for every team that plays them, but they get to play Wisconsin and all of them. Guys, I have a, a secret for you. Are you listening? I'm going to whisper it, though, so nobody can really hear. I'm going to lean in a little bit. Arizona is the third-best team in the Pac-12, people. Zona, oh, my goodness, manhandled Washington State over the weekend. Uh, I mean, that game wasn't even close at all. The The score ended up being, yeah, it was 44-6. to six. And that game was in Pullman. You know how Ethan likes to always talk about what happens to people when they go to Pullman. Arizona blew the doors off of them there. They play – this is actually – they have a bye this week, but the next week they play Oregon State, who probably actually is the third-best team in the Pac-12. But we'll see what happens, people. We'll see what happens. Oh, yes. New rule, guys. Never go to sleep when a Pac-12 game is on. Can everybody say that with me on three, three? Two, well, actually, I guess I'm counting down from three. Three, two, one. Never, Never go to sleep, sleep when a pack <laughs> Now, I was asleep at halftime of that game, Colorado versus Stanford on Friday night. Colorado was up 29 to nothing at halftime. Cade, were you asleep? I was asleep. Now, we failed. Honey, though. I was honey not asleep. <laughs> awake. So, honey, give us your your first-hand reactions. How are the fans feeling about Stanford's comeback win and double overtime to beat Colorado? Insane. 
and it was an it was an insane game. Forty six points in the second half. Oh, I mean, what they went into the locker room up twenty nine to zero. Yeah, came back out and I mean, scoring forty six points in one half is like absolutely ridiculous. And so I, I much credit to their quarterback and um, their wide receiver number thirteen, who uh, I mean played the game of his life. Yeah, I have a an interesting stat. At least I I think this is right. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Elik Iomenar, I think is how you say his name. Mm-hmm. Thirteen receptions, two hundred ninety four yards, three touchdowns. I think all of that was after the first half. At least, if not yeah. all of it, the majority of it. So in the second half and overtime, he had 13 receptions for 294 yards and three touchdowns. That's incredible. I don't really have a lot to say about like the implications that come from this game because I don't think there are much. I just thought that was that was incredible. And now we have a new rule: never go to sleep. When I, I did have one question for y'all. Yes. Do you think that Colorado will be bowl eligible at the end of the year? Oh, let's check the schedule. I have it right here. Right now, they are four and three and they have UCLA. They have a bye week this week. They have UCLA. They're at, or excuse me. And then they're at home against Oregon state. They play Arizona. That's going to be a tough one. They're at Washington state and they're at Utah. They might not win another game. And then even if you win one of those, you're out of it. I'm looking at the schedule. I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to make a bowl game, but still we are ahead of schedule in Boulder people. I would think the over under was three and a half, but yeah, I mean, UCLA has shown that they can disrupt just about any sort of offense. Oregon state is that's going to be a tough one. You guys know how I feel about Arizona. Now Washington <laughs> state, that Pullman, that Pullman curse is going to happen. That's at nine 30 at night. by the way. And then Utah, who at that point I think is going to have Cam rising. So, the interesting thing is, I mean, all those teams, except for maybe Washington State, are definitely better at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. That's that's Colorado's problem. When they play teams that have just dominant linemen, it doesn't matter how athletic they are at the skill positions. Um, oh, Biff Pogey update for you guys. I said Cade this earlier. Honey, I should have sent you this. Apparently, Biff Pogey was a, a mutual fund manager for a long time. Turned $25,000 into millions. My dad sent me this. This whole thing goes from Barstool Sports. Uh, Biff Pogey's a multimillionaire, people. And not from football, but from his own wealth management. Charlotte 49ers, I don't even know what they did this weekend. Texas A&M. Is the time finally running out for Jimbo? I saw my first non-joking, we need to fire Jimbo and hire Bobby Petrino as our head coach after their loss against Tennessee. It was the first one. Even though they only scored 13 points, it was a 20 to 13 <laughs> loss against Tennessee. Defensive battle. That buyout's still really high, but you know there's a lot of oil money down there. AM has done this every year, people. Except for 2020. That was the anomaly. But AM loses three to four games a year, and they're paying Jimbo Fisher championship caliber money. I mean, we we as Arkansas fans know when the leash is over with coaching staff. Guys, what are our thoughts on Jimbo Fisher right now? Is it time to hang in the, the towel? Because it doesn't seem like he can really get it done. He's got talent galore. This is the first year he's handed over offense, right? Yes. Yeah, he's, he's handed over. But but he's still in charge as far as decision-making goes, like fourth and very short against Alabama, about mid, 
middle of the middle of the field that he was like, no, we're going to punt it away, that kind of thing. Uh, but yes, for the most part, this is his first year handing over offensive duties. My understanding is his buyout is seventy-seven million, God. a little more than that. What I'm trying to figure out is, I mean, I'm surely that decreases after this year. I think but, it goes down. Was it about ten million every year? Because it was roughly eight last year. I just don't understand. Yeah, because it used to be ninety-five million. So if he gets fired this year. He's owed actually 77. Then it goes next year to 67. 2026 is 48, almost 49 million. Yeah, it basically goes down 10 every year. I mean, you're right. They're they're paying above average money to be an average team, so they just look foolish. The middle of the pack, SEC West every year. Hear me out though. What if he actually wants to be fired so he can get a $77 million buyout? That's what I would do. My buyout was that I, oh, you just fire me and I get to not work and get paid $77 million? Okay. He's sitting up there with Biston. Yeah, he'd be up there finally with the wealth manager. Yeah. Uh, but, you, I mean, you got to think, they they don't want to fire him. They don't want to pay that because not only do you have to pay that, you have to buy out probably his staff. You got to pay another guy to come in. I mean, that's over $100 million. 200. He's going to make $200 million. Yeah, do so much money. I feel like the most Texas A&M thing ever would be to fire Jimbo Fisher and then hire Lane Kiffin. It just seems like something that would happen. At the very least, Lane Kiffin is going to be just tweeting uh, very obscure and vague things in the offseason about how he's going to Texas or something like that. But, yeah, I, I don't know. A&M A&M's a weird team. They're very predictable, though. This happens every year. Guys, a few teams that have a chance at a playoff, I'm going to be honest with you. Cade, don't you get mad at me for saying this. The Missouri Tigers have a chance at the playoffs here, people. Brock Bowers at Georgia is injured for at least probably the regular season, maybe even for the the whole season. And that's their that's their tight end, who, if they didn't have him, probably would have lost against Auburn. Missouri right now ended up winning decently handily against Kentucky. Guys, there is a chance that Missouri makes the playoffs. And Eli Drinkowitz could be could be the hottest coach in football. And, I mean, this was, a, this was a team that was getting booed. I mean, Brady Cook was getting booed against Kansas State. They ended up winning that game. Um, what do we I, – I, I say this kind of tongue-in-cheek that they can make the playoffs, but it's a legitimate possibility, guys. What are our thoughts about the Missouri Tigers right now? They played Georgia here pretty soon. It's two weeks. It's two weeks away. Thank you, honey. George is beatable right now, especially without Brock Bowers. Can Missouri get it done? Heath, I'm going to be honest, I think they might lose to South Carolina. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Shane Beamer just kicked something and broke his foot after a loss to Florida. He's in wounded animal mode. He's He's been in wounded animal mode all year. Is it down here? I don't think I don't think they're losing to South Carolina. Here's the Missouri. After all that, Kate, I was hyping them up, and then you came in with the the truth bomb. <laughs> they have played out of their seven games, five of them been home. Yes. If Arkansas had that many home games, we would probably be six and one. Well, I think that <laughs> would have lost to BYU, and then we would have won everything else. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't think, think, if they I don't think South Georgia. Carolina. Go ahead. 
Honey. No, sorry. I was just saying if they beat Georgia, I think that could be very formative. Or even even Tennessee. Um, yeah. Tennessee also only one loss and hasn't played Georgia yet. Just saying, and they're they're starting to kind of turn the corner a little bit, figure things out. Running team, by the way, Tennessee now. Very interesting. Joe Milton is not great at football, and I'm bummed out about that. South Carolina, I didn't want to talk about them, but man, I that is a that is a broken team right now, literally and figuratively. You lose to Florida. I know it was a tough one. Florida is a top thirty caliber team. I get it, but that's a that's a down year, and I don't think Missouri's going to lose to them. Kate, come on, get out of here, get out of here with that. They only lost to Georgia by ten. I know, I know. They were <laughs> leading at half. But this is I'm telling you, Georgia at some point is gonna slip up. We just gotta find out when that's gonna happen. And we gotta we gotta bet when it happens, definitely. Here's another team that can make the playoffs. And Kate, I think you're with me on this. They're gonna have to have a lot of luck here. Iowa. The Iowa Hawkeyes can make the playoffs, people. They only have one loss right now. One loss to Penn State. Absolutely got obliterated. Penn State had more first downs than Iowa had yards. Regardless, they can still make the playoffs. They're going to win the Big Ten West. And they might run the t- table. I think they're going to run the table. And they're going to be an 11-1 and Iowa Hawkeyes team in the Big Ten Championship. And, I mean, they're going to have to either play Ohio State, Penn State, or Michigan. And that's going to be a tall tale for them to, to win. But I'm just saying, watch out for the Iowa Hawkeyes. The over-under, by the way, if you're curious, for Iowa versus Minnesota, last I saw it was 32 and a half. And I would definitely take the under in that for sure. I mean, that is a it is that is a crazy team. Uh, Brian Ferretz is really far off of his 25 points a game pace, by the way. It just keeps getting worse every week. Hey, I've changed my ways on ACC predictions. I no longer think Florida State is the best team in the ACC. Do you guys want to guess who I think is now the best team in the ACC? Not Louisville. Go ahead and say it. <laughs> the North Carolina Tar Heels people. They are That is a very complete football team. And they have Tez Walker now. The NCAA allowed him to play, and he had his best game against Miami over the weekend. Had almost 200 yards receiving and a couple of touchdowns at least. Drake May is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And that defense is good enough to win them football games as well. I have now turned the corner, and I have North Carolina as the best team in the ACC. What are y'all's thoughts on the the ACC structure right now? What was your reasoning for them over Florida State? Uh, Florida State's been a little faulty, just a little bit, a little bit faulty. That Boston College win, I'm looking at at quality of wins here. Hmm. That Boston College win, a little shaky. They did beat Clemson, but Clemson's not as good. It was an overtime win. Clemson's not as good as they were in the, the last couple couple of years North Carolina just really hasn't been tested that much and they played decent teams you know who we might have to watch out for especially because the ACC does not have divisions is and you never thought you'd ever hear this said outside of a basketball game with the Duke Blue Devils oh <laughs> if they can get by FSU this week their schedule pretty favorable because then they uh, they don't really have another tough game till North Carolina. So. Yeah, because I mean they are undefeated in conference play because their only loss is Notre yeah. Dame, right? They, uh, they if they beat Florida State, then they have Louisville, Wake Forest, North Carolina, which would be tough. But then they finish with Virginia and Pitt. Yeah, but here's the thing about Pitt. Okay, 
pit destroys things. They destroy beauty. They destroy hope and they destroy grace. They do it every year. Pitt upsets somebody. You know who they did upset over the weekend? The Louisville freaking Cardinals. Louisville 6-0 coming off a big win against Notre Dame. And what does Pitt do? They beat them, man. Not only do they beat them, they beat them handily. And so all this hype for Louisville. And, of course, it's college football, so it's going to happen. And we called it, right? Weren't we talking about that last week? We're like, now that we're talking about them and they're relevant, they're going to lose to Pitt because that's just that's just what happens. So. I'm disappointed. Who should be our team that we talk about now to watch out for, and then they're going to lose? Who? Who should it be? Do you want me to say Liberty? I'll say Liberty. Liberty almost lost last night. <laughs> Middle Tennessee State. It was close. Hey, Liberty ran for 401 yards and only won by seven. Hey, but still, New Year's Six Bowl is very much in contention. It is, especially depending on what Air Force does this week. Yeah, and we're about to get into game picks, so we'll be able to to talk about that one. Um, but yeah, Liberty still in contention. Thank you for our Liberty update, Cade. We always appreciate it. And let's get right into game picks, people. We got some good ones, and I, I the best one of the the week is a top ten matchup: Penn State versus Ohio State. We are at Columbus, Ohio, the home of the Buckeyes. Kate, as always, we're going to start with you. Who do you like in this this Big Ten matchup? Can Penn State and James Franklin, can they finally get over the hump? Can they be the Big Ten East team? Last week when I picked Washington and Oregon, I said my head was Oregon and my heart was Washington. I should have gone with my heart. This week, my head says Ohio State, but my heart says Penn State. And we're not going to make the same mistake twice. So we're going Penn State. I think James Franklin's just a better coach. I mean – Ryan Day was gifted, like, premier program in the country, has not been able to win a national title, which I know is a high standard. But also, again, you were, you know, given a program on third base. So I'm going Penn State. Like I was telling you earlier, Heath, I think this game is the harder one to pick. But also, James Franklin hasn't beat the Buckeyes – or has beat them one time in his, what, nine seasons. And so – and I don't don't think Penn State has played – some good like great offenses so far so I'm gonna go with Ohio State to win this game yeah I mean they've played UMass Northwestern Iowa Illinois Delaware West Virginia um so this is their first this is their first test and it's a big one oh as much as I want to pick Penn State I just I can't I can't do it Ohio State has shown against Notre Dame that they are one of the most physical teams in the country. I, I think they're going to be able to match up well against Penn State. Penn State has one of the lowest uh, explosive play rates of any team. I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball very well at all. I think Ohio State's going to do enough to get it done. Give me the Buckeyes. I hate to be that guy, but give them to me, please. Next up, we've got ah Duke versus Florida State. This is a big one, people. Cade. I'm going Duke. I'm calling the upset. They're making a run for the ACC title. What if I told you? Hold on. I got to make sure because Riley Leonard's still an injury. He could return versus number four, Florida State. Does that change things for you? It's still up in the air. That he would play? It's still up in the air that Riley Leonard's going to play for Duke. Duke. I'm just going to ride the Duke defense. (laughs) The offense will do enough. Okay. I like it. (laughs) I respect it. Honey, 
I did want to pick Duke, but I'm going to stick with Florida State. I think the journey ends here. I am also going to pick Florida State, especially because Riley Leonard is maybe not going to play in that game. And so I don't even, I can't tell you who their quarterback is now. So I'm just going to go with Jordan Travis and the Florida State Seminoles because I know names on that team. Uh, USC, Utah. You talk about wounded animal mode, both of these teams. Yeah, I'm going to go with USC. I think they're just in a spot where they have to win, and it's at home. And obviously big game for Utah too. But I think after such a terrible performance a week ago that they'll bounce back this week. Yeah, like Kate said, it's going to be a bounce back game for USC. So I'm also going for USC. Utah has a really good defense, and I like Utah in this one. Because of that defense, I, I think Notre Dame really exposed some stuff for USC, and I think that's going to carry carry into this week. Alabama, Tennessee, third Saturday in October, as they call this game, big rivalry. Cade, who do you like in this one? I'm going Alabama. I mean, neither offense has been incredible, and I feel I feel like in these type of environments, like Saban thrive. Like if you're going to beat Saban, you got to score a lot of points, and I just I don't know if Joe. You know, everybody's been saying, can you make the routine? Everyone's been saying, can you make the routine throws? And I think Alabama's going to – their defense is going to put a lot of pressure on them. I'm also going to Alabama strictly because I don't think Tennessee can win two years in a row. It's at Brian Denny. It's 2.30 CBS game. I think the Alabama fans are going to be hyped for this one. I say all that, but my heart – my heart says the Vols are going to go in there and win this game. Josh Heupel, two in a row on Nick Saban. It's going to happen. Go Vols. We've got Washington State versus Oregon. I think this is going to be a pretty good matchup. Kate, who do you like in this one? I'm going Oregon. Similar vibes as USC bounce back game. Yeah, I'm also going Oregon. I think this is very crucial for uh, Mr. Bodacious Nick's uh, Heisman campaign. So, he needs to show up and show out. Yeah, hey, I mean, he did. He was a, he was great in that game against Washington. Mm-hmm. Michael Penix definitely took the took the mantle with that last drive to to win the game, especially. Um, I'm also going to go Oregon in this one. Air Force at Navy, one of our military games. Cade. Air Love Force military games. Air Force is six and zero, right? Have a chance at a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah, they're undefeated, and they're uh, ranked too. Yeah, they're ranked. They're in the driver's seat as far as Group of Five, New Year's Six game. Um, yeah, very good. Their quarterback, though, is injured. He's not going to play this game. Oh, no. He got hurt in the Wyoming game, and then the backup came in, and they were still able to win that game. Honestly, anything can happen. The service academies, playing the service academies, anything can happen. But I'm still going to go Air Force. I think, one, I mean, these, these teams are running, like, very similar offenses. And so it's like, even if you have an average Air Force quarterback, the rest of Air Force's team is still better than Navy. So I'm going to go Air Force. Yeah, this is not, uh, I don't very know very much about these two teams. Um, and I really don't keep up with how the game goes every year. I but respect it. I'm okay with that. Out of, I did not choose Air Force when they, and they won last week. So I'm going to go with them. Yeah, I'm going to go Air Force as well. Really, it's it's based off. Of, I, I'm with you, honey. I don't really know much about either of these teams. <laughs> I'm sorry, Cade. I'm sorry. That's your thing. 
Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Air Force here. Uh, we got James Madison at Marshall. Kate, what are the implications of this game? The implications basically Marshall trying to stay alive in the Sun Belt. James Madison is ineligible for basically everything. They can't go to the conference championship. They can't go to a bowl game. Uh, but they're just undefeated. So basically Marshall is trying to stay alive. James Madison is basically trying to just keep getting media hype. Which James Madison fans are very annoying. So annoying. They're awful. Well, I didn't have that on my bingo card that James Madison fans would be annoying. <laughs> I mean, they're they're the worst. They talk a lot of junk to Liberty fans. It's uh oh, we got a little rivalry. It's a big debate <laughs> on who's the best team in Virginia right now, and uh, so that's that's my why I say that. Nobody's going with the Cavaliers, man. No. <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna go James Madison. I I hope Marshall wins because then JMU would have to. Stop talking, but I think JMU will win. Funny. I'm going to go with JMU. Yeah, I don't have any reasoning. I also don't keep up with these two teams, so I just know more about James Madison, so I went with the James Madison. Uh, yeah, give me the undefeated team, James Madison. <laughs> I think they're going to – They're gonna. can they, can they do enough? Can they cause enough hoopla to have the NCAA allow them to play in the postseason? So, oh, actually – I. I saw something today that so JMU and JSU are both ineligible, but they could is JSU Jacksonville State? Yes. So they they could play each other hypothetically. There's um I need to pull up this scenario. Third place match. <laughs> they could declare themselves national champions. <laughs> but basically what they would need to do is go to Hawaii. So let me read this to you. Yeah. <laughs> So it's uh, if they were to play on Sunday, December tenth, this is the day after Army Navy game. It's the last permissible regular season day allowed by the NCAA to play. No waivers are needed to schedule a game on this day. They play in Hawaii. Any FBS team playing a game in Alaska, Hawaii, or Puerto Rico may play an extra regular season game without a waiver. And so there it is. Technically. Uh, this is put out by Reddit College Football. And basically, if those two schools decided to do that, they could do it. Because both of them have uh, six wins. So, Wow. that's I'm glad <laughs> you shared that. That's insane. I didn't know about the, the Hawaii, Alaska, or Puerto Rico thing. But that's cool. All right. Well, we'll keep, it, we'll keep updated on that one for sure. All right. We got one quick one here. Clemson versus Miami. Uh, who do we like in this one? Kind of staying alive in the ACC. I'm going to go Clemson because kind of like you said the other day, it's like how do you not break after what happened? Yeah, I mean, and they've lost two straight now, so not good stuff. Uh, honey. I forgot about this one. Um, I'm also going to go Clemson. Trust me, Dabo. No Canes fans here? Well, I'll tell you what, I am. I'm going to go with – Van Dyke, Tyler Van Dyke in Miami, because I like chaos. Uh, real quick here, uh, Ethan Westerman cannot join us. He's at SEC Basketball Media Days, if you were curious. How cool is that? A cool guy. What a, Seriously, what a cool guy. Uh, but his picks were Ohio State, Florida State, Utah, another Utes guy, Alabama, Oregon, Air Force, James Madison, and he did have Clemson. So 
he was able to get his picks in, and we'll we'll see him back next week. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Be sure to uh, keep listening. That's what I got for you. So thank you, everybody. Y'all have a good one. I'll see you next week.